Aren't you glad you can be in the house of the Lord this, this evening? As the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Never want to fail to come into the house of the Lord looking for something, looking for a blessing, looking for renewing of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful for the wondrous gift of the Holy Ghost tonight. Would like to get into the Word of Word of God this evening. Turn in our Bibles to Second Chronicles seven and fourteen. After that, I will be reading from Luke 23 and verse 39. Say amen when you got it. Amen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And will forgive them their sins. And will heal their lands. Then to Luke 23 and 39 through 43. And one of the malefactors which were hanging railed on him saying. If thou be Christ save thyself and us. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Let's ask God to move in this place. Let's go before the Lord in prayer as we... Oh, Jesus, I need you today, God. You may be seated. We read in this in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive them their sins and will heal their lands. And then we also went on to read the, the story of how Jesus, when Jesus was hung on the, on the cross, how he was, he was, he was scorned, he was humiliated, he was, 
he was pierced through the side. And as he was hanging there on the tree, we read how one mocks him, says, If you're the king of the Jews, why don't you call some angels to bring us down to, to save us from this situation that we were in? But the other one on the other side said, Do you see that this is the Christ? He rebuked him and said, Why do you say these things? We deserve what we are getting. We are, we've done these things that which we've been charged of. But this man is not guilty of anything. He's innocent. He's being hung unjustly for something he did not do. We see, we read two different attitudes there. One of, of boasting. One of, oh, look at this person. If you're so great, why don't you do this for me? Why don't you do this thing? We never read of anything. That man receiving something from Jesus because he had the wrong attitude. He had the wrong spirit. But the other man, on the other hand, hung his head in shame. He was humble. He said, stop mocking. Stop saying this because we are here because of what we have done. We are guilty of these things. But the scripture that we read in, uh, in 2 Corinthians, If my people shall humble themselves and pray. We read this, it's, it's God speaking to Samuel. He's saying that, that if, my, if these people, if they turn from me, if they just humble themselves, if they pray and seek God's face, I will heal the lands, I will forgive them of their sins. This was talking to the people of Israel. This was talking to God's chosen people. That He was saying that if you, get, if you turn from me, all you have to do is humble yourself in prayer, in seeking my face. And that's when I will save you. That's when I will forgive you of your rebellion, of your things that is not right in your life. But if we apply this to ourselves today, if we do not have something that's not right in our lives, if we're a sinner, if we apply this to our lives, we can apply this to our lives because we have. When Jesus died on the cross, it was no longer just for the Jews, but it was to everyone. It was to everyone that had a willingness to humble themselves in prayer. And seek the face of God. That is when God would heal their lands and forgive them of their sins. You have to be willing to seek God in repentance if you have sin in your life. You have to be willing to say, God, here I am. Here I am in my filthy rags, in my unclean state. Will you come down and cleanse me of my sins? When you want God to forgive you of your sins, the only way you can receive forgiveness is seeking God through repentance. You can only find mercy through repentance. True repentance. Repentance of humbling yourself before God. The same thing applies to our lives. If we're needing something in particular in our lives. If we're wanting to seek God for a situation in our lives. We must first. 
ourselves. We must first come to Him with a meek spirit, with a humble attitude. If you have an humble, humble attitude when, when you are seeking something from God, that will get God's attention. That is when God will look down and say, "Hey, they're getting my. They're they're doing something that I love. They're they're to reaching up. They need something from me." Hebrews eleven and six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not just a willingness to say, hey, I'm going to come to God. And here I am, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for what I've done. Or God, here I am, I need this done in my life. God, but it's a consistent seeking of the face of God, a diligently seeking him. It is in our repentance and confession of our sins we will receive forgiveness. John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, if, we, if he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all un unrighteousness. You may ask yourself, God, why do I need to ask forgiveness? Why do I need remission of my sins? I'm not a sinner. I'm just a, I'm a good person. I'm a good Christian. I'm someone that, that honors the, the, the commandments of God. But if you have not received the Holy Ghost, if you not have, have not repented and spoken in tongues and had the infilling of the Holy Ghost, then you are still have that sin on your life. Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Repentance is you humbling yourself and admitting that you are a sinner. Saying, God, here I am. God, these are my filthy rags. God, you're the only one that can change me. God, you're the only one that can cleanse me from my sins. That is you humbling yourself. That is you bringing your flesh low. Saying, here I am, God. I can't do this on my own. I cannot receive. I cannot make it to heaven without your help. Without your grace or your mercy in my life. But that is you humbling yourself. That is you saying, God, I need you to help me endure. To help me to endure. I need you through the tests and trials of life. Humbling yourself is a vital aspect of repentance. Humility before God is the only way you can make it to heaven. When you humble yourself and repent, or, and repent we are dying out to the world. Our repentance is our self-saying, God, I can't make it to heaven with this in my life. God, I need your mercy. Romans 6 and 3. Now ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death. 
Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. When we repent of our sins, that is us dying out to the, or to the, or to the world. That is us dying out to the flesh. That is us crucifying our flesh. You may say, as I've already said, I'm a, I'm a good person. I really don't have any sin in my life. I, I don't do things that are unpleasing to God. I, I follow the word of God. But Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. It's repentance, then baptism, before there can be the receiving of the Holy Ghost. And we are saved by the Holy Ghost, by the power of God. You say, why do I need to humble myself? Well, Philippians 2 and 6 through 9, who being in the form of God... Through it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became Obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. But it says himself, he made himself of no reputation. Someone that was not known, someone that, that who is this person? Who is this man from Galilee? And took upon himself the form of a servant. The lowliest position, the lowliest place you can be is a place of servitude. A place of being a servant. But he made himself the form of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. We have to humble ourselves and be obedient to the death that which is repentance. Which is the dying out of the flesh to God. That's that saying, God, I am a rank sinner. But I'm just a person that is a good person. I do not have sin in my life. But even the God that wrote himself in flesh. That God that was perfect, that was without sin humbled himself and said I'm going to the cross of Calvary to die for that person that was born with sin in their life I'm going to the cross of Calvary that someone might be or can be saved but it's so that plan of salvation that was given to us that plan that was given on the day of Pentecost that death burial and resurrection because we go down in the name of Jesus in the name that is above every name 
just a little farther down in Philippians 2 it says at the very mention of that name the devils of hell tremble but the burial is us going down in the name of Jesus being washed by the blood of the lamb is there someone here in this place that say, can say I've been washed by the blood of the lamb I've had his mercy on my life I've felt his redeeming power But the burial is the washing away of sins. That is when the blood of Christ is applied to our life. That is the redemption of God. The word redemption literally means the, the payment for, for our sins or putting it into my, my vocabulary. The payment of our sins are taking away. But that is what redemption is. That is what redemption has done for you. That is what redemption can do for you. If you have not been buried in the name of Jesus. If you've humbled yourself in prayer and said, God, here I am. I need your mercy. I'm a rank sinner. If you've done that, then it's time for you to go down in that watery grave and have his redeeming power applied to your life we are we are saved through his redeeming power ephesians 1 and 5 through 7 having predestined unto us unto adoption of of children by jesus christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us acceptable in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace we have that redeeming power today we have that power applied to our lives we have the covering of the blood of Jesus in our life with our wings we have that mercy of God that taking away of our sins that blood that is the forgiveness of our sins that we can lift our hands freely and worship God and say God I once was a sinner I once was lost but here I am now made clean and perfect in you because I've repented I've humbled myself in repentance I said God I'm sorry for what I've done God I know I'm a sinner I'm nothing compared to you but with you, I can make it through. It'll only be through your mercy and your grace that I can make it to heaven. But God, apply your blood on my life. God, take away these sins. God, here's what I've done. I can't carry the burden of the sin on my own. But God, please take it away from me. It's the power of the blood of Jesus that can take it away. It's the power of the blood of Jesus that brought you out of the world of darkness. That applied that redemption.
redeeming power to your life. Colossians 1 and 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 9 and 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained the eternal redemption for us. Once a year, the children of Israel, the priest, would burn the sacrifice and go into the holies of holies. And it would be pushed, their sins would be pushed back for a year. But it says here, but by his own blood, he entered and walked into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. That redeeming power that will save us from our sins will never end. It's always there. Because God repents not of his mercies. But God applied his blood to your life. God said, I see your humility. I see where you came from. I see those bonds, those chains of sin that bound your life. I see that you're willing to humble yourself and say, I can't make it on my own. I see it. So I'm going to apply my blood to your life. I'm going to bury those sins and baptism. I'm going to bury those sins with the washing of the blood. That blood that washes white as snow. The next step, the burial, or the, the death, burial, and resurrection is when you come out of that watery grave. When you come out of that place that says, hey, I'm leaving it behind. That's where it's at. I left it in that watery grave when I went down in the name of Jesus. When I had that blood applied to my life, that's when you are created a new creature in Christ. The old things are passed away. Behold, you are a new person in him. But if you've had that blood applied to your life, if you've been died out to the world, if you've been buried in his name, and you've had the redeeming power applied to your life, and you've come out of that watery grave, a new man, walking on a pathway to heaven, walking on your way to glory, you can praise him for what he's done. You can say, God, I thank you for saving my soul. God, I'm keeping the commandments that you have given me. I'm saying prayed up, fasted up, and I'm going to keep praising you for your mercy, for your grace that's going to help me endure. I'm going to keep praising you for your redeeming power. We read the story or how Jesus is hanging there on the cross. There's two men, one that is humble, one that's not. One will be with him in glory at the end of that day. Today you will be with me in glory. 
nothing else is said about the other man. Because one was saying, look at me, here I am. I'm guilty of what I've done. I'm humbling myself and saying, God, I need your mercy in my life. God, I'm sorry. But the other one said, jested. He made fun of and said, it's just another man. You can say this, this is just another religion. This is just another formula of salvation. But it's not. It's the only way to, re to be saved. There's no other way to receive remission of sins. Let's stand tonight. But if you've had that blood applied to your life, raise your hands and say, God, I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you for that grace that's applied to my life. God, I want to continue in your grace. God, I need your help today. God, I've got to have your mercy. But this is the gospel that I'm going to spread to the world. This is the message that I want to tell people about. Because I look where God redeemed me from. And I look back on where he brought me from and said, Hey, this is what God has done for me. I'm going to praise him for that. I'm going to tell others of the message of repentance. Message of salvation. Let's gather around the front and worship him tonight. <laughs>